you're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Have I told you guys yet that I have recently become obsessed with money? Not like with money itself, but with actually learning how to use and spend and track my own money. Yeah, I know Kind of sad that it took until my mid-30s to actually do this, but nevertheless, here we are. I'm here obsessed with learning how to track my money, not just in my personal life, but also in my business. So I'm super excited, and I know if you own a business, you should get really excited too, to have my good friend Becca Gonzalez on the podcast today because she knows all things money mindset and is a freaking genius when it comes to business finances and how they meld with your personal finances and how it all works together. She works on money mindset and has created a plan that really not just served her, but has also helped serve me and all of her other clients when it comes to maintaining our personal and business and family financial goals. She teaches it from a space that really makes sense and She's able to do this because if you're quote unquote not good with money or learning how to get good at money, she's been there. She gets it. She's got a really good backstory, but I'm just going to go ahead and let her tell it. All right, Becca, thank you so much for joining us today on the Beyond Leadership podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sarah. All right. So I know we just went through your formal bio, but tell me a little bit more about you as a person and why you got into this finance coaching business. Okay. My husband and I have been married for a little over five years. And right as we were getting married, we realized that we handled money completely in opposite ways and not in a good way. (laughs) So we found out that we were pregnant pretty early on in our marriage, and I had brought $90,000 in debt to this relationship. My husband brought zero debt, and we decided that it was time. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, We decided that it was time. a big disparity. Yes, and what's also interesting to note about that is I am generally a saver, and he is the spender in the relationship. So the fact that I was the one who brought all of the debt was telling Hmm. in what way I have no idea. (laughs) My debt was things like student loans. I did have a couple credit cards. I had a home improvement loan. All of the money was not necessary. All of the debt was not necessary. So it was an excess for sure, but he literally came with none. So we decided it was time to work on it before our son was born. And we started with a popular financial program that kickstarted us. However, it made me completely obsessed over money. I mean, like to the point where we weren't taking vacation, we weren't going out to eat. 
we were on total lockdown in this house. We were not having fun together at all. We weren't enjoying each other's company. In fact, both of us had two jobs. Each of us had a full-time job and a part-time job. And we'd pick up hours anywhere that we could just to throw money at debt. And what I found was I became absolutely obsessed with money to the point where I began thinking all of the time, how could I make extra $5 to put towards debt? Or we're never going to be able to go on vacation. We're never going to reach our financial dreams. We don't have enough money. We don't have the things that we need. The negativity and the mindset that just consumed me was so negative that my husband came home from work after working 14 hours one day and I met him at the door with, did you seriously spend a dollar on a drink at work today? Those were my exact words. And the look on his face was like all of the emotions and all of the feelings, everything that he thought about how we had become, what we had become was written all over his face. And I decided I can't, I can't be this way anymore. I have to work on what it is that's consuming me. I have to work on the way that money has started controlling me. And so I just started reading books and tweaking what we were doing. We started dividing up what went to debt and what went to future plans because up until this point, everything went to debt and there were no future plans. And it really shifted the way that I thought about money. It was no longer about what we did not have. It was exciting to see that I had changed my mindset consciously and willingly to we have exactly what we need right now and we are working very slowly towards the future that we want together. So I began kind of coaching my friends and family through that also and it just turned into a coaching business and I teach women now financial literacy to start and how to walk themselves from their vision to their goals just like I did. I love that. And I know a lot of what you do centers around this mindset work, not just the financial literacy piece, which we can talk about in a couple minutes, but talk to me about money mindset, because that's, that's the first step, right? The scarcity versus abundance mentality. Yes. So from personal experience, I was sitting in a place of scarcity mindset. We will never have enough. And these are things I told myself, we will never be able to afford that vacation. We will never get out of debt. I will never make enough money. These are things that if you tell yourself that you can't see gratitude for what you already have, mm-hmm. you also can't see a future. You, you have blocked your mind from seeing a future, which blocks you from being able to see opportunity around money, but not just money. What I tell people all the time is when you change your mindset, your view around money, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to opportunity. And it's not necessarily blessings in the form of money, but you could have a huge blessing in the form of freeing your schedule up to receive money or freeing your, your mind up to receive an opportunity that could in turn lead to money. So it's not always about the actual earning of the money, but if you're concentrating solely on the money, you are not giving yourself room to work on how to get to where you want to be. So you're saying this 
scarcity mentality, if you're in a scarcity mentality about money, that's going to transfer to other parts of your life. And all parts of your life. And on the opposite, if you have an abundance mentality, right, you will seek and your brain will seek, you, you will look for abundance in other parts of your life. So when you made that switch, did you notice that all of a sudden blessing upon blessing was just coming to you? Yes, but also I noticed that I wanted to be a blessing to other people all of a sudden. It wasn't, I don't have enough money to help this person. It was, we have exactly what we need this month. I can generously give to this person. I can give them my time. I could give them money without expecting anything in return. And the feeling of freedom that comes from that is really the one thing that I needed. I felt so trapped by money and what we didn't have when I started focusing on all the things that we did have. We did receive random money from, you know, a check here or maybe the insurance company filed something wrong and they sent us a check to reimburse us, things that we had no idea were coming. When I loosened the reins a little bit and thought about what we did have and how far we had come versus I'm here, I will never get that far wherever you're looking in the future. It changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes how you want to help other people. And it honestly changed my marriage. That's good. Um, So more than just the mindset though, let's talk financial literacy and why it's important to you to specifically teach women financial literacy. So most women that I know have probably grown up in a house. This is what I, I hear two things all the time. Either I grew up in a home where my dad was the breadwinner or the male in my house was the breadwinner, or I grew up in a house with a single mom and she worked four or five jobs to provide for the family. And so what they see is either a male providing for the family monetarily, or they see a female who has to work so hard that she doesn't have time to spend with her family. She has no time but to dedicate to working a string of jobs just to provide for the family. I want women to be able to stand on their own two feet. I want them to know finances the way that traditionally men have known about finances. But more than that, I want women to be able to make a difference in the world with their time, with their money, with their brains. I want women to be able to step out in confidence knowing that they know about finances so they can make better business decisions. They can make better personal decisions financially for their family. Really, it just gives them their own two legs to stand on. They don't have to depend on anybody else. Yeah, and I don't think that that's, it's more a product of our generation, right? Because we're in our (laughs) mid-30s and, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, that was just how things were. My dad was the main breadwinner. My mom had a part-time job for a while, but ended up leaving that for a multitude of reasons. But my dad always earned the money in the house. And I think that's so true for so many women our age. And then, you know, life happens and you get married. And sure, I have a full-time job now, but I was still stuck in that mindset of like being financially dependent on my husband because that's what I grew up seeing. The husband pays the bills. And that's just not the case for everyone. And it's not acceptable to 
to think that way anymore. No, and truthfully, I I grew up in a home. Both of my parents had full-time jobs. Both of them, I guess you would call them both the breadwinners in the family, but my mom especially raised me to stand on my own two feet. Mm-hmm. She didn't want me to have to depend on anybody. So I get a lot of this mindset um like I'll do it. Don't worry. I can depend on myself. I get that from her, but the finances part and helping women stand on their own two feet financially and confidently. I don't know. I've just always been interested in money and how it's earned and how to keep it and how to make it work for you. So it just, it makes me light up. (laughs) Well, I mean, that could have something to do with the fact that I just learned your maiden name was Cash, was it not? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my maiden name is Cash, and now it is my middle name. Uh, that was too funny when I was like, why don't we market that? <laughs> so it's honestly just something I've never thought about before. I guess, you know, you grew up with a name and it's just your name. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't Mikolajczak was my maiden name. <laughs> at least. And now it's Kuczynski. So it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but tell me more about When women decide to work with you, you talk mindset and then you talk financial literacy. Can you walk me through what like those typical lessons look like or what that like a syllabus would look like? Yes. So no matter if you come to me and you, you need to work on your personal finances, your business finances, or combination of both, there are five things that we always, always walk through. And it's my five-step process. The first step is digging into your vision. What do you want? What do you want five years from now, 10 years from now? Financially, what is that dream? Because you'll find that if you don't anchor yourself in that vision when things get hard or financially when things are hard, business-wise when things are not going the way you had planned for them to go, you know Murphy's Law pops up when you least expect it and when it's the worst possible time financially if you're not anchored in that vision for what you want for your life and the life of your family financially it is very difficult to move towards your goals in that time so the vision is something we always dig into the second step is to dig into your actual budget are there holes that we need to plug immediately is there a space in your budget where you are draining yourself financially or time-wise? Is there something that we need to fix immediately? And then we see where we can maximize the money you already have coming in. The third step that we always go through is to work on your mindset and habit changes. And these are not meant to overhaul your whole life because what happens when you try to overhaul your whole life? It's not sustainable. You can't keep up with it. It's overwhelming and you will quit. It's just the fact of the matter. So we dig into very small habit changes and very small shifts in your mindset so that when we move to the fourth step, which is goal setting, you are in a headspace where your goals make sense. They are measurable. They are trackable. And it's something that's very attainable for you. And then that transfers us right to the last step, which is planning action steps to walk you to that goal. You can have a vision and you can have a goal, 
But if you don't have the action steps to literally walk yourself to those goals, then they're going to be extremely difficult to hit. And typically they're planned so far out that you're going to give up before you hit them. Okay. Now, when you talk like step two, plug the immediate holes, like what needs to be fixed right now? What are some of the common things that you see? Is it like people bleeding money for subscriptions that they don't use? Or is it like spending money on the wrong debt? Or is it that, you know, that $5 cup of coffee every day from Starbucks? What are some of the common immediate fixes that need to happen that maybe if I was to open my well, not me, because I've worked with you. And I've already done it. <laughs> if someone was to open their bank account right now in this moment, say, oh, yeah, uh, I could probably fix that. And all of a sudden have 40 extra dollars a month. There are three places in the budget right off the top of my head that almost every single person who comes to me struggles with. The first being groceries. People spend an enormous amount of money on groceries because there's a lack of planning. And just putting planning in place can considerably lower your food budget. The second place that is exactly what you said, subscriptions. There are some people who open up their account and they don't even know that they're paying for some subscriptions that may have auto-renewed or they thought they canceled and they didn't. So just really going through your account line by line and your budget line by line makes a huge difference. And the last place is debt repayment. So a lot of people work on the smallest debt first, and I work really hard with my clients to make a debt payoff plan that works for them and gets them through their debt faster than just paying smallest debt to largest debt, because that's not always the best plan. You can you can really put yourself back hundreds and even thousands of dollars just paying smallest to largest debts. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that debt snowball that is involved in that program that you may have started out with that you weren't necessarily a fan of, which, you know, when I was looking at paying off debt, everybody talks about the debt snowball and that's, that's where I started. Cause you know, you pay off the target card that only has 200 and some odd dollars on it. And then that $27 payment gets rolled up to the next one. And in theory, it makes sense. But when I started looking at things like calculated interest rates over time and where that money was actually going and what was costing me the most money in interest, I was like, that little $263 target bill, that can stay there for 10 years for all I care because the interest rate on that thing is like pennies a month. Whereas the interest rate on this one, that the card is $2,800 balance, I'm paying $60 a month in interest and my minimum payment's only 42. So like I'm, that's why the balance keeps going up even when I'm making the minimum payments. Yeah, and this is a huge huge place of lost income for people because what happens is you get so tired of paying debt that again, either you give up or you take your foot off of the pedal. And so what I teach my clients, not only about how to customize a debt payoff plan for them and their family and what works best for their income, but you cannot do only debt payoff. It's also not sustainable. So what we had to shift in our house was debt payoff and save for a vacation or debt payoff 
and make time to go out to eat and do things with our kids that cost money. We could not live without both of those because it was not sustainable. It's not sustainable mentally and it's not sustainable emotionally for families. Yeah. And I, I used to think too, like, oh, I can't go out to eat at all. And I've actually, when looking at my budget over the past couple of months, I have spent more money going out to eat than I would like to admit, but I've also paid off more debt because I am doing it smartly. Like I, I feel like I don't have to put on the blinders and only focus on that one thing. And it's so freeing. And it's actually, it really is. yeah, it's kind of freed me up to start thinking about your step four, which is goal setting. So when you talk goal setting, are you talking like, I want to take that vacation to the in-state Airbnb in the summer? Or are you talking like, I want to buy a house in two years? And what, what does the difference look like in planning for those two things? Other than obviously the price tag. <laughs> so I actually have clients who plan for both. Some of them are just saying, I just want to be able to take a vacation this year. I just want to be able to take my family to the beach and rent the house and then cash flow the whole beach trip. Great. Let's look at how much that will cost you, including groceries, including going out to eat. Let's really look at the total cost. And then we need to work our goals backwards from that. Much like you teach your leaders in your program to work their goals backwards, it's exactly the same thing. So you choose your goal and then we break it down into really small, manageable chunks do you need to earn more money to do this? Or do we need to reallocate some money, some line items in the budget to, for you to be able to afford this easily? And then those who want to buy a house or start a business or develop a new service inside of their already existing business, we work those goals backwards exactly the same way. And that's where the action steps come into play. If you don't have measurable action steps along with your measurable goal, walking yourself to the goal seems not doable. Mm -hmm. So do people ever come to you and like tell you, I want to buy a house in a year, but then they've also got $150,000 worth of debt. How do you manage those situations where it's like, maybe that's not the most feasible plan, but is there a way to work on both of those things at the same time? Absolutely. Yes. Now, are you going to need to work on debt payoff in the more immediate future? Absolutely, because several things that are involved in buying a house are debt to income ratio. And if that's not a solid number, they will not lend you money for a home. The other thing that comes into play is your credit score and repaying debt back in a smart way is one way to raise your credit score enough to be able to afford a house. So. Yes, you can do both. Will your timeline be longer than expected? Possibly. But is it worth it to do it the smart way than just start throwing everything you have at debt a year later? Do you even have money saved for a down payment on a home or closing costs? Okay. So we've talked a lot about personal finance, but I know you also work with women in the entrepreneurial business finance space. So I guess one, how did you get into that space? And two, what different advice do you have for female entrepreneurs when talking about their business budgets? 
So I, a lot of my clients that have come to me right off the bat have been business owners and I myself have been in direct sales for many years. So that has always been interesting to me and women making their own money and creating their own businesses is, you know, something that I'm really passionate about and love to see them do. I also want to see them do that so that they are profiting from their business. A lot of women don't know, they know that they're making money. They know that there's income coming in. What portion of that is profit? As in, what portion of that do you get to give yourself at the end of the month, paying yourself for all the work that you've already done? And the other thing is a lot of them just lack a system for tracking their income. But more than that, tracking the potential income, tracking the expenses that are taken out of that income and a business plan for an entire year. What income potential do you have? How close are you to that goal? Um, so it becomes less about budgeting and more about planning profit and planning loss, getting ready for tax time. I'm not a tax professional, but I do work with female business owners to help them prepare for taxes and send them to the right people when it's time. Okay. So I'd like to hone in on that paying yourself at the end of the month part, because I think that is a struggle for a lot of business owners in general. Either they're paying themselves too much or they're not paying themselves at all. Like I know when I started my business, I had this business account and all the money just sat there and I went, Oh, look at that business account with all the money. That's cool. And I didn't pay myself. So what's, what's the middle ground? What's the happy medium? So my question to you, if we were working together would be, what is that money doing for you sitting in the account? How is it working for you? Just of course, mentally, <laughs> it looks so good, right? It looks great sitting there in the account and emotionally, mentally, you see that number and you are, you're feeling really good about your business. But you, you haven't taken any of that money for yourself to pay debt down in your personal finances or to save for the down payment for the house or to cash flow whatever business you are creating at the time. If that money is just sitting or if you don't know how much money you should be profiting at the month, you may not know where it is going. Mm -hmm. And it's not working for you. You want your money to always be working for you. When your money works for you, your money gets bigger. <laughs> your money gets bigger. <laughs> it has little money babies. I love it when my money has little money babies. I know. That's really the best. That's, that's the best. All right. So we've covered your five-step program. We've talked about personal debt, about personal finance, about business finance, what other advice, like if someone was going to come with you, to you and say, Becca, I'm thinking about working with you. What is the one thing that you could tell them that sets you apart from anyone else in this business coaching or finance coaching space? So I tell everybody the same thing. You, whatever situation you're sitting in right now, I have been in that situation. I have been crushed under tens of thousand dollars worth of debt. And I did not see a way out. I have worked my way out of that. 
I have also built a business from scratch that I was able to cash flow. I know the emotions behind all of this as a female. And we like to think that we don't have to feel these emotions just because we're, we're women. But the truth of the matter is we do have emotions. And when it comes to money, you don't have to take the emotions out of it. In fact, it's better if you know your emotions around money so that you can better equip yourself for when things happen in your finances or when you are not on track for your goals. Instead of just giving up, you sit with those feelings, you sit with your emotions and your mindset has, you've already done the mindset work. So you don't have to give up. A freaking men. So many times we're just told, we'll just take the emotion out of it. And that's not, it, it doesn't work. No. Maybe for some people it works, but I am on that end of the spectrum where I am a freaking emotional woman. Yeah. And you know what I like? I love to see a female business owner who doesn't take the emotion out of her product or her service who doesn't take the emotion out of why she has the clients that she has or sells the product that she sells. It makes me more attracted to her. And the fact that women try to take emotion out of money is not beneficial. I don't think it's beneficial. I would agree. I love that so much. Probably why I love you and I love working with you. (laughs) So if someone wants to get in touch with you, Becca, if they've got money questions, where do they reach out? So you can reach me by Instagram at Becca Gonzalez Co. Or you can email me at Becca.Gonzalez.Co at gmail.com. All right, perfect. And I will link all of that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to can get in contact with Becca. I know she's had some awesome free programs and webinars recently, and I'm sure you will be at it again very soon. So Becca, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.